0: The Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people and love life and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Talking about matters of the heart. Part five, right? And our heart becomes sensitive to what we focus on. Our heart becomes sensitive, come on, down that rabbit hole that we're going through. You're looking at this TikTok and that TikTok and this social media and what's trending and what's going on in the world and what's going on in the news and what so-and-so said and what Auntie said and what she believes about this and what they believe about that. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is your heart focused on? whatever your heart is focused on it becomes sensitive to right and our hearts become hard to whatever we disregard whatever we neglect whatever we ignore we need to ignore the things of this world come on we need to ignore the chatter we need to ignore the negativity we need to ignore the haters we need to ignore that right but it's automatic that's what our heart's going to be sensitive sensitive to this is so obvious anybody this is so obvious in relationships, right? This is so obvious in relationships. Anybody disregard, neglect, ignore somebody you love? Oh, it got very quiet. What happens to the relationship? We become cold. We become insensitive. We become unfeeling towards each other, right? When we focus on all the negative. Anybody been there? When all you do is focus on the negative of somebody you love, you're just focused on the negative, all the annoying things that your loved ones do. Anybody? Is this just me? All of a sudden, you know what? Mission Tay is the best sister in the world. And you know what? One of her greatest skills is organization. I love that about her. But when I start focusing on the negative, that she puts everything of mine away. I'm like, oh, where is that? What'd she do with that? Right? But It becomes an annoyance when it's a great gift. When I I focus on the good, then I appreciate that about her. I am so thankful. I encourage her. I uplift her. I remind her that God gave her that gift, that she has a special niche in this church, in our house, in our family unit. Without her, we would be a mess. But if I flip the script and I just let myself be annoyed by it, Come on, anybody else? Neglecting, ignoring, just being cold, insensitive. Anybody been there? It's so obvious in relationships, right? With a friendship, with siblings, when you can't stand each other, you're going through growth spurts and you're just annoying the heck out of each other. Spouses, I mean, it just happens. You know why? Because the, the enemy wants to divide us. He wants to divide and conquer. He wants children against parents, fathers against mothers, and then everybody's against each other. No, parents, you guys are on the same team. You're against your kids. (laughs) Remind yourselves, we're on the same team. Don't let them divide and conquer us, okay? We're on the same team. Leadership teams, you're on the same team. You have the same goal. Love one another. Come on, love conquers all, and that's how we're going to conquer this thing. So we can see it so obvious in relationships. No guilt, no shame. Look at your neighbor say, no condemnation. Just Change. Just change. Come on. Magnify the good. Imagine the households. Imagine your hearts when all you do is magnify the good. Do you know how much your children get on your nerves when all you see is all their weaknesses? But when you magnify the good, their good starts getting multiplied. Yes, mommy, they can't wait to. Yes, daddy, I did exactly what you said. Why, you're magnifying the good. You're magnifying the good. And that's what our homes should be. Magnifying the good. That's what the church should look like. Magnifying the good. Seeing the good. Encouraging the good. And our hearts are going to start flourishing what? All that good. All that goodness. The goodness of God just flourishing out of us, right? Magnify the good. Magnify the Lord. Come on, magnify the things that you love and respect about each other. Remind yourself all the things that you love and respect about each other in friendships, in relationships, come on, in family units. Encourage each other daily while it is still today. Is it, is it, has it hit midnight yet? Not yet. I got time to encourage somebody in my house. Come on, I got time to encourage somebody in my family because it's easy to, like, encourage somebody You know, somebody. But encourage somebody you love. Encourage somebody you know. Come on, right? Encourage them daily. Learn to appreciate the little things. Do you know how much unity is going to be in our home when we learn to appreciate the little things? What's the little things? You're so thankful that they dot, dot, dot. You're so thankful because you know what? You really notice when they don't do it. But it's hard to notice when they do. Right? It's so hard to notice when they do because you're so used to things being done. But we need to learn to appreciate each other, right? Express gratitude towards each other daily. Be thankful for the little things. It is our responsibility to not let our heart be troubled. All those little things in the home, all those little things in the relationship, you know what they do? They trouble our heart. They get us distracted. They get us bitter. They get us focused on the negative. They make us resentful. Anybody been there? It's time to change directions, change our mindsets, and get excited about the good. Magnify the good. Encourage one another daily. Come on, love and respect. If we allow our hearts to become hard towards God, then we're going to allow our hearts to become uh, hard towards each other. We're going to allow our hearts to become hard toward the world. Then the world's going to hell and so are we. Ah! No, that's not our mindset. No, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Are we in Christ Jesus? Yes, we are, Right. We can't allow our hearts to be hardened, to get hard. We gotta take responsibility for the condition of our heart. We gotta take responsibility for the condition of our relationships. I just wanted to throw that out there. You know why? Because I needed to remind myself this week. I need to remind myself every day to be thankful, to be encouraging, to express gratitude and never allow my heart to become hard towards the ones I love. That we're gonna be united together, right? I love it. We got stuff going on. There's things going on and, uh, in health and just different situations. We're believing God for miracles. We're believing God for finance, financial breakthroughs. And you know what we got to do in our house? We got to come together. We got to pray. We got to take communion. We got to remind ourselves who we serve. We got to remind ourselves that our God is good and our God is greater. We can't just preach the word. We got to follow the word. We got to obey the word. We got to act on the word. And it starts in our heart. And it starts in our homes, right? Matters of the heart. We're going to deal with them face on. If we allow our heart to become hard towards the things of God, then unbelief creeps in and fills our heart. So then when situations happen with your kids, situations happen with your finances, situations happen with your health. And what's, what's wrong? If you've got a heart full of unbelief, it's ah. No, we want a heart filled with belief, filled with faith, filled with the word of God, filled with confident expectation, right? That unbelief is trying to come creeping in, turning us away from the things of God so that we become cold and insensitive and unfeeling and unyielding toward God and his word. When's the last time you just spent some time with God's word? Come on. Come on, God's word is alive. It's a love letter to you. You're always crying, like, can't you just leave me a little love note? When's the last time you gave me a card? And God gave you a whole Bible. Read it. Read it. Come on, read it. His word. Listen to his voice, his will, his plan, his purposes, and his promises. It is so important that you know his promises over your life, his promises over your finances, his promises over your relationship, his promises over your health. Come on. You have a new covenant relationship with God. You've got to come to know through personal experience who you are, the truth about what belongs to you through the word of God, right? Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Anybody been dealing with some consequences, right? You got some consequences to pay. You got some sentences. (laughs) You got some court dates. You got some situations. You're right. Things happen. You're like, oh, how did I get in this? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't become double-minded. Guard your heart with the word of God. we got to guard our heart from becoming an evil heart of unbelief. That's what an evil heart is, is when you're turning away from the things of God. And the, the situation and the circumstance is getting so loud that the word of God is so quiet. You need the word of God on an amplifier, right? You need that amp all the way up. The other day, I was... Um, Showing the boys Daniel and Matt an old school '90s song. So let me tell you, if I put an old school '90s song, I'm like, guys, let me show you what's up. Some R and B. Actually, it was just one, one song, right? It was just one cute song. But anyways, I turned the music all the way up, like we're gonna listen to this song, we're gonna feel it, and we're like, yeah. And we pull up and we pull up <laughs> to their house, and I turn that music all the way down. <laughs> Matt's like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I'm like, oh, we got to be respectful. <laughs> but how many of you are ready to turn the word of God all the way up in your life? How are you ready to, like, get down on it? Let's go. It's all that you can hear, that you are feeling the vibrations of that base. Like, I'm all about that base, about that base of the word. Come on, the basics of the Word of God, the foundation of the Word of God. That's what I'm all about, right? Just a basic girl over here filled with the foundations on the solid rock of the Word of God, right? we got to guard our heart from becoming an evil heart of unbelief, turning us away from God. Unbelief is what holds us back from going beyond and living God's best for our lives. How many of you are ready to go beyond? How many are ready to live God's best? we got to let go of unbelief. we got to fill our heart with the word of God. And the word of God comes alive, right? we got to keep focusing, directing, guarding, guiding, leading our eyes to Jesus. How many of you know that everything is after your attention? It's after your eyes. It's after your eye gate. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. Listen to me, right? Keep directing, keep focusing your eyes to Jesus, to his word, to his plan, to his purpose. You know that, that God saved you for this very moment? He picked you for this generation. He picked you for right now. You're like, why, God, why? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. We got air conditioning. Come on, we got showers. We got soap and we got deodorants. Yes, hallelujah. Jesus was, he was a servant, right? He was washing the disciples' crusty, dusty toes. They didn't have no toenail clippers. They didn't have no pedicure. They didn't have no, the little cheese grater. They didn't have nothing. And Jesus, what was he doing? washing their feet. He was being an example. So thank you, Father, for this time. We got all kinds of craziness. We got I, uh, uh, artificial intelligence. You're like, why did God pick me for now? You know, he picked you for now. Be thankful. Be, show gratitude. God, I'm so thankful. Searching for these ACs when they click on, yes, Lord, yes. Like pretty soon they're gonna have to give me them Beyonce fans. Like, whoo! Not because I'm cool, because I'm hot. <laughs> like literally. Anyways, our faith. Our, we're good, everybody. I'm fine. I'm just, just getting excited. Everybody's checking the AC units now. <laughs> we're good, we're good, we're good, right? Come on, we got we to gotta know his promises. You got to know his word. We got to know his promises. Our faith is engaged Through knowledge. And that's what's testing us. Have you renewed your mind in that area yet? Have you renewed your mind in that area yet? Have you renewed your mind in that area yet? Right, because life's testing us. It happens, right? We got to know that we know the word of God. It's time to go beyond in our knowledge of God. How How many of you have gone beyond in your knowledge of a video game? You know this video game so well. You could win it with your eyes closed. Some of you guys even beat a video game. Like that's a thing. Right, some of you guys know so well social media, you could post with your eyes closed. You could post, edit a filter, bam, bam, wham, sham, kazam. And there's your post. Look at fly. You'd even open your eyes. Right, because, because you have come to know, you have grown in knowledge how to edit a good filter. Right, we've all been there. It's time to go beyond in our knowledge of God. And His Word—that's where we're going to get our focus. Paul said in Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Look at your neighbor say, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. What are you hearing? Because that's where your faith is building up. And if you're hearing and hearing and hearing the negative news, then that's what your faith is building up in. If you're hearing and hearing and hearing that there's, that the, uh, the economy's crashing and, and it's all hell and breaking loose out there and, and chicken breast is a million dollars a pound. What are you hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing? And there you are. There you are, your heart's getting filled up. You're hearing and hearing and hearing about the gas prices and you work from home and you never leave. What are you worried about? Get outside, breathe some air. Stop worrying, you feel me? What are you hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and there it is, getting your focus, it's grabbing your attention. Let's hear and hear and hear and hear the word of God. Let's hear and hear and hear the word of God, the promises of God. Come on, Um, the book of Romans. How many of y'all, like, received that challenge? Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. I mean, let's wake up to the word. Let's go to bed to the word. What do we do? We wake up to who knows what. Uh, uh, uh. We wake up and we go to bed to... uh, uh, We got TV on. It's like hard to fall asleep. It's like the, we got kids, and older people, younger people. We got all these eye issues. right? The, the doctor, eye doctor asked me, do you look at a screen all day at work? Yes. Do you have an iPad? Yes. Do you use a phone? Yes. He's like, oh, that's all that's wrong with your eyes. I'm like, no. No, I'm not one of them. I've not conformed to the world. I have. I am. That's <laughs> what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> It's all for the Lord. It's for the Lord. Like, get real. I'm just, like, we need a vacation from electronics. Anybody? We need a fast. we we'll are like, we don't know what to do. Just go outside, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is faith? Faith is belief. Come on, faith is the substance of things confidently expecting. Are you confidently expecting the negative? Then you'll receive it. Are you confidently expecting favor and grace and multiplication? Are you confidently expecting the goodness of God to be flourishing, maximum development in every area of your life? Are you confidently expecting that your children are going to love God, that they're going to serve God, that they're going to be passionate about the things of God? Then you better. They're watching you. It starts with you you tell them to get off that tablet and all they do is see you on it all day you're like well I'm just texting people I'm reaching out to people reach out to the ones in your house reach out to them love them cherish them you only have them for a moment the days are long but the years are short they're here and they're gone Reach out to your spiritual children. Come on, rise up and start discipling some young people. Start discipling. I mean, reach out to a mentor that's older than you. Do you know how many older people have so much wisdom in them but they just need to be asked a couple questions? They just need to be asked like, you know what? Start reaching out, reach out, reach out. Get that confident expectation coming. The way we cancel belief is to bu- the way we cancel unbelief is to bu- build up our belief in what God's word says. That's the only way that we're going to cancel unbelief. We all, look at your neighbor and say, "Oh." No guilt, no condemnation, just change, right? We all deal with unbelief in our hearts at some point in our life. At some point in our life, our cup is going to be bumped and what comes out is going to be the word of God or it's going to be unbelief. This is facts, right? Things happen to all of us. It's wild. When I was in the car accident when I was 16 and I flew and I got this really cute little scar right here. Yeah. The first thing that came out of me was tongues. That was it. I was just like, boom. Lord, I need you. I thought I lost an eye. And you better be praying. Like, Lord, I'm not going to be without an eye. <laughs> and I just, that's what came out. And I was like, thank you, Father, that when your cup is bumped, and let me tell you, my cup's been bumped other times, and that's not what came out. We're not going to repeat those times, right? We're going to keep that to ourselves. Forget about it. Just move on with life. But we all deal with unbelief at some point in our life, right? If we're going to experience all things are possible, if we're going to experience all things are possible, then we're going to need some help with our unbelief, right? We're going to need some help with our unbelief. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. Look at your neighbor and say, if you can believe. If you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. We love to shout, all things are possible. All things are possible if, if, we forget about the if, (laughs) if you can believe, right? Immediately the father of the child cried out and said to Jesus with tears, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. (laughs) Please help my unbelief. There we are. We got faith of a mustard seed. We got it. But Lord, help my unbelief, right? We need some help with our unbelief, and that's what we're going to tackle today. Five areas of unbelief that we all face in some time in our life, right? Number one is unbelief through lack of knowledge. This is when we don't know God. When we don't know God or we don't know his word or his will on the situation that we are facing. So we're ignorant. We don't know. We have a lack of knowledge. So there we are just succumbing to the, to the bad report, to the negative report, to the negative things that are going on in this world if we are lacking knowledge, right? Number two is disbelief through religious teachings, Oh my gosh, this is when we are wrongly taught that it is not God's will to heal. This is that tongues are not for today, or it's not God's will to prosper us, or that God is trying to teach us a lesson through this sickness. God took your nana so that somebody could receive Jesus. This is what we're taught. This is unbelief. This is disbelief through religious teaching, right? Or that our good works will save us, right? And our good works is what's going to move God to get Him to do what we need Him to do. This is religious disbelief. Anybody been there? We've been taught, so we just we just make up our own religion along the way, right? If we do good, then you know, good will happen. You know, if we're we're good people, then we're going to get to heaven. No, if you receive Jesus, you're going to heaven. Disbelief through religious teaching. We're tackling all of these. Number three is natural unbelief through our natural five senses in operation. Anybody been there? Your five senses are in operation. You got a bill to pay, and you cannot see the money in your bank account. So since you can't see the money, all things are not possible. I cannot believe, Right? Some You've been going through some pain. I feel the pain. All things are not possible because I feel the pain. We're walking by what we can see and not by faith. Right? This is when we allow the natural circumstance to consume us. It consumes us. Anybody been there when you haven't been able to pay a bill and all you can do is think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. Think about it, think about it. It's consuming you. Does it change anything? No. Does it make you depressed and anxious and that's all you can do about How about we cast our care onto Jesus because he cares for us, right? Allowing the circumstance to consume us, to influence us and to distract us from walking by faith and in the spirit. Number four is bitter unbelief towards God. This is when we don't understand why devastating things happen to us or to someone that we love. And we blame God. Anybody been there? We blame God because it's easier to blame him than to take responsibility ourselves or to forgive others. It's just easy. We can't see God. Just blame him. He can handle it. We then take responsibility. Number five is familiar unbelief through familiarity. This is when we got an attitude. Anybody had an attitude? Familiar unbelief this is when we have an attitude that I already heard that message before or when we think we can preach a better message than that pastor or when we lose respect for the biblical authority and the anointing that God has placed on someone and we no longer receive from the gift in their life and we just judge them in the natural. Woo-wee, God, quiet. Familiar unbelief through familiarity. Anyone been there, right, in any of these areas of unbelief? Anyone dealt with any of these five areas? Yes, we all have. And if you haven't, you will. (laughs) He's coming for you. (laughs) It's life, right? Well, let me tell you, there's hope. There is always hope. Jesus, he called out the disciples and their unbelief and their hard hearts. He's like, you know what, I'm calling you all out. You all had a hard heart and you were unbelieving. And you know what he told them? Yet, he still, in that same scripture, he still gave them the great commission to go into all the world and win the world, make disciples. And what did they do? They changed the world. What did they have to do? They had to deal with their unbelief and they had to deal with their hardness of heart. And he loved them enough to correct them so that they could change and change the world. Come on, world changers. We're going to deal with the areas of our heart. We're going to deal with all the matters of our heart. And we're going to change the world. We're going to get rid of unbelief and be filled with belief. And all things will be possible to those who believe. Right? Mark sixteen fourteen. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples. Them to the 11 disciples themselves, as they were reclining at the table, and he called them to account for their unbelief. They were getting the bada. <laughs> he called them to be accountable for the way they reacted and the way they responded and the, for their condition of their heart, right? He called them to account for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen Jesus after he had risen from the dead. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, preach the good news, preach that I have risen. Come on, preach the new covenant, preach salvation, preach freedom to all creation. So there's no guilt There's no shame. There's no condemnation. Just change. Receive your calling. Come on. Go into all the world. There's always hope for all of us (laughs) because it's going to happen to all of us. It came for the disciples, right? There's always, always hope. Let's rise up so that we could be the change in this world. Everybody wants change. It's time to be the change. Then we gotta be responsible for the condition of our heart, right? The way that we cancel unbelief is to build up our belief in what God's word says. That's gonna be our standard, that's gonna be our rock, that's gonna be our, our foundation, right? And then we repent when we have unbelief, when we got an attitude, when we're getting a little too familiar with the scripture, we're getting a little too familiar with the church, we're getting a little too familiar. What do we do? We change our mindset about unbelief, right? Filling our hearts and minds with the word of God, filling our hearts and minds with hope, faith, and love. Number one, fixing unbelief through lack of knowledge is that we come to know God. We're going to flip the script. We're going to fix these things. How many are ready to fix these things? Take responsibility, take accountability, and change. Change our mindsets about unbelief, right? Fixing unbelief through lack of knowledge. We come to know God, his love, and his will through the word of God. So we'll no longer be ignorant. We'll no longer be having unbelief through lack of knowledge. We're going to be filled with the knowledge of God. Paul said in Ephesians 1.17, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. We know the Father through the Son. We look to Jesus to see the Father. We come to know through personal experience, through the word of God, right? Grow in the knowledge of God on the situation that you're growing through. Don't be ignorant. If you're dealing with finances, discover the word of God. Discover his promises to prosper you. Discover what the word says. If you're dealing with health issues, discover the word of God. Discover health and healing through the word of God, through his precious promises. If you're you're struggling with um, a need for love, if you're struggling with fear, Dive into the love of God. He's got he is love and love conquers all. For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's time to discover the knowledge of God, right? Discover his precious promises. Second Peter 1, 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many are ready for grace and peace to be multiplied? Not just added, but multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. This is why we got to come to know the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus as his divine power has given to us all. Where am I at? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has been given to all things to us pertaining to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which... By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What are they? Exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world through lust. How many are ready to understand the divine promises? Come on, we have a divine nature. we got to dive into it. we got to tap into it. Our faith is engaged through knowledge. And that's why we have to renew our mind to the word of God so that we can engage our faith. So that we can walk by faith and live by faith and, and live in the supernatural, right? Number two is fixing disbelief taught to us through religious teachings. How are we gonna overcome religious teachings? First of all, we're gonna stop arguing the word. How I many you know religion always argues? They don't wanna learn nothing. We gotta fix that in our own attitude. We don't come to argue the word, we come to receive the word, right? We gotta seek the truth of God's word and allow the knowledge of that truth to set us free. Mark 8, 11, the Pharisees, they came out and began to argue. They argued with Jesus. Come on. They were debating him, demanding from him, give us a sign from heaven. Come on. How many of us have done that? God, if you do this, then I'll do that. If you do this, then I'll believe. There you are, a religious Pharisee arguing. (gasps) Not me. Not us. (laughs) No. Yes, you. Yes, us. Right? To test him because of their unbelief. They're unbelief, they're arguing, right? Unbelieving religious people, they just wanna argue. Anybody been in an argument with somebody who won't stop? Just walk away. Let them argue with themselves. They're like, but, 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 like, just look it up in the words. I ain't got time for that, right? Ain't nobody got time for that. Seek the truth, but if you are the arguing, stop. <laughs> you know, we gotta, we gotta be responsible for ourselves, we gotta take accountability for ourselves. Seek the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said in John 8:32 And you shall know the truth and the knowledge of that truth shall make you free Come on, we're gonna know the truth. We're gonna come to know and we're gonna walk in that knowledge of God. And that knowledge of God is gonna set us free. What does that mean? The knowledge of God of faith is gonna set us free. That knowledge of God of peace is gonna set us free. That knowledge of God of love is gonna set us free. That knowledge of God of prosperity is gonna set us free. That knowledge of God God about fear and anxiety and depression is gonna set us free. Come on, break every chain. We will not be bound by the negativity of this world and what's being pushed down our throats, all its agendas and what it's got going on. No, thanks. No, I'm going to seek the word. I'm going to put the word of God first. I'm going to seek joy and peace and rest in his precious promises. I'm not going to be caught up with religion, fighting and arguing with people who don't even want the truth. The truth will set you free. Don't argue with people. Woo-wee. Calm down, Sasha. Jesus said in Matthew 11:28, come to me, All who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. And I will give you rest, refreshing your soul with salvation. Take my purpose, my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest, renewal, blessed, quiet for your souls. For my purpose, my yoke. Is easy to bear and my burden is light. Come on, we're gonna not be, we're gonna get over our religious teaching, our religious attitude, not arguing. Number three, fixing natural unbelief through our natural five senses in operation. You know how we do this? This is how we do it fasting and praying. Yeah, you all wanted to hear that. I know it's so loud in here and the church went wild. For fasting and praying. Because that's how we shut up the natural senses really quick, right? If you ever wanna shock the system, if you ever wanna shock your natural five senses, just fast. You'll be like, ah. you, you just say that you're gonna fast, and by 10 o'clock, your body thinks it's dying. You're, like, ah, ah, ah. you're breathing heavily. You don't even usually eat till 12. It's all in your head, right? In Matthew 17, 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately, of course, not in front of everybody. I know, know we to get their business out there in front of everybody, right? Privately to Jesus. Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, faith is what? Faith is a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. And nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So what happened is Jesus sends the disciples out, and they're preaching, teaching, and healing, casting out devils. And this boy, they went to go lay hands on him, and this boy started having their, like seizures, convulsions. When they went, you know, imagine you lay hands on somebody like in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're like, whoa, 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 my gosh. What happened? They got afraid. <laughs> they, in their natural senses, all they could see is that when they laid hands on this one, it got worse. It got wild. <laughs> What's going on in there? And then all the religious people are, they looking at them. They're like, ooh, you laid hands on that one. It got ugly. <laughs> you, you're not Jesus. Who do you think you are? You can't do that. And what happened? They were just in their natural senses. They were just by their five senses and with pride. And there they are in front of everybody. Like, And Jesus is saying, all you need is faith as a mustard seed. Nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You know what prayer means? Prayer means to have some face-to-face time in close relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all have had some face-to-face time? With God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some face-to-face time with the Word of God. Some face-to-face time with prayer and the Spirit. Some face-to-face time. That's prayer. Prayer and fasting. You know what fasting means? It's really, really deep and spiritual. Are you ready? Abstain from food. That's what it means. (laughs) Put the burger down. That, that's as spiritual as it's going to get. Fasting means, I mean, I was, I was like looking up for a deep definition. What's fasting mean? Anything around it? Abstain from food. And then I double-checked. I'm like asking pastor, is there like a Greek word, some of the Hebrew? Abstain from food. <laughs> that's what it means. All right. Right? And Jesus, he proved that it's not about more faith. It's not about more faith. Father, give me more faith. It's about less unbelief. Less worried about the natural five senses, less worried about what everybody thinks about you, that you keep standing in faith, and you keep standing in faith. And then on the outward, it doesn't look like you're healed. On the outward, it still looks like you're struggling. On the outward, it looks like you're never gonna get that house. On the outward, it looks like this relationship will never recover. On the outward, but it doesn't matter. You're not walking by what you can see. You're walking by faith. You're walking by his precious promises. You know and you believe that you are healed. You know and you believe that you're an overcomer. You know and you believe, right? That's right. You may look like a fool, but it doesn't matter. You know and you believe that God will provide. And he will see you through to the other side. And Jesus proved it's not about more faith. It's just about less unbelief. It's not about more faith. Come on. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I surely and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, y'all go out there to South Mountain. Come on, go out there to the White Tanks. Go out there to Camelback Mountain. Be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and that you will have them. What do we got to do? We got to believe. We got to walk in confidence. We can't be double-minded, right? And we got to shut up unbelief. We got to spend face-to-face, face-to-face time with God. We got to fast once in a while. We will. It won't hurt us. You're going to be all right. We're all going to be all right, right? And get some accountability. When I do it, I'm like, hey, she talk, she you. you guys want to do it fast? Because I don't want to do it alone. If I'm not eating, you're not eating. We're in this together. There we are together. We got each other's back. We're in this together. Believing for miracles and breakthroughs together, Right? You can have faith and unbelief fighting for your attention at the same time. It's like a tug-of-war. There it is. You're like, I believe, I don't believe. I believe, I don't believe. It's like a tug-of-war, but all you need is faith as a mustard seed, right? Belief versus unbelief. Our hearts become sensitive to what we focus on. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the goodness of God. Focus on faith is our victory. Focus on helping and encouraging others. You know somebody else that is going through the same situation, then you better start believing for them. You start encouraging them. You start encouraging them daily. And there you'll see your belief rising up, right, making it about other people. Stop focusing on the problem. Stop focusing on the chatter of the world. Stop focusing on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. Stop focusing on you. YouTube and the news. Stop focusing on fear. Stop focusing on all the trash. Stop focusing on unbelief because what you focus on, you magnify. You magnify. You make it bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Magnify the Lord and not the problem. That's what we're going to do. Build yourself up in faith by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, right? Paul said in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, number four fixing bitter unbelief this is horrible but this happens to so many of us when we we have to learn to trust god even when we can't understand why we can't understand why that happened and why someone so when we prayed for them and they still they, they died or they had this situation why did this happen right we all have we all have to personally make the decision to not allow our hearts to become bitter to become resentful to become troubled or to become double minded proverbs 35 tells us trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding we don't always understand why something happened how many of y'all need to know the why i want to know why why is this happening to this why is this i mean sometimes we just got bad genes there's bad genetics like oh i know that's why oh that sucks well, I got a new gene line. I'm a part of a new family. Father Abraham had many sons and daughters and I am one of them. And so are you. Come on, stand on the words, stand on the promises. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge God and he'll direct your path. Do not be wise. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Reverence the Lord and depart from evil and it'll be health to your flesh, and it'll be strength to your bones. Come on, Matthew ten thirty five. Jesus is saying, don't think I came to bring peace on earth. We think Jesus is here, peace, peace, peace with all. Jesus is one of those hippies, peace and flowers and love. No, it's not Jesus. Jesus said, don't you think that I come up here to bring peace on earth? I have not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword of division between belief and unbelief. What? You're like, oh, not my Jesus. He wouldn't talk like that. Look at the word. We know the Father through the Son. Look at the word. Wake up to the knowledge of God. John 21, 21. So then this is when Peter is getting, uh, you know when, Jesus, when Peter denied Jesus, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him, and Jesus is recovering him. Jesus is like, Peter, follow me. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, that song, it's all about Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter. So Peter. So John is there and Peter's there and Peter saw him. And he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man, John? What is in his future? How's John going to die? I want to know. you over here telling me about me. Follow you, follow you, follow you. Do you love me? Do you love me? What about him? Jesus said to him, If I want him to stay alive until I come again, what is it to you? Jesus said, mind your own business. But why did that happen to them? And why is that, and why do they get get away with that, and I don't, and why, and why, and what's their future, and what's their end, and why is this my story? Mind your own business. Jesus said, what is it to you? Oh my gosh, this came alive like a revelation, like bam, bam, bam. I wanna know why. Jesus said, what is it to you? Why did this happen? What is it to you? Mind your own business. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what everybody else is getting away with. It matters what you're doing. It matters what you're called to do. It matters what you're focusing on. Focus on Jesus. Come on, focus on the word of God. Focus on the goodness of God. Focus on faith is our victory. Focus on helping others, encouraging others. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. (laughs) What? We are not accountable for them. We're not accountable for what we don't know. Stop being nosy rosy. It's none of your business. I just want to know, what is it to you? We are not accountable for them, but we are, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us come on everything that he's revealed to us that's what we're accountable that's what our children are accountable right so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions we are accountable to what we know that's what we're accountable doesn't matter about everybody what is it to you Would it mind your business Jesus say, mind your business. Unbelief is fighting for your attention, trying to get you distracted. And why, why, why? Stop. Stop with all of that. That's where bitterness comes in. And you know who you're bitter towards? God, and he's the one you need. More than anything, his word and his promises. Never get bitter. Never, never get bitter. James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord, for he is double minded and unstable in all his ways. We gotta get single minded. We've gotta get laser focused in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of the truth. Amen? We gotta get single minded. Number five, come on, we're wrapping this thing up. Let's go. I gotta finish, I gotta land this plane, right? (sighs) <sighs> Fixing familiar unbelief through familiarity. Let me tell you, we all have been there, right? When your sister is pastoring over you, let me tell you, um, some familiarity can come in there, but we got to work it out, right? We got to work it out. We grow in understanding of biblical authority and honor for the gifts God has appointed and that he, and maintain respect for the word of God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to come back to biblical authority, biblical honor. Mark 6, 4, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor or respect, except for in his own hometown, in his own house, and among his relatives, in his own household, right? And he could not do, Jesus could not do a miracle there at all because of their unbelief. Can you imagine Jesus run around to every city, healed them all. Imagine a whole city healed them all, healed them all. He goes to his hometown, they're like, ain't that the carpenter's son? I know that kid. I saw him growing up. They didn't receive miracles from Jesus, right? Oh, no, we're going to work on unfamiliarity, right? Except that he laid hands on a few sick and he healed a few of them, right? It's time to, to examine our hearts and our life regarding biblical authority. Anybody been there? we got to examine our hearts. I could preach that message better. No, you can't because it ain't your calling. Mind your business. What is it to you? <laughs> right? Repent from any wrong action against authority in your life. Forgive any wrong done to you by authority in your life, right? Forgive any wrongs. Commit to live a life from now on with a heart after God's own heart, honoring and submitting to authority. David was a man after God's own heart. And what did he do? He honored and he respected the position. And he let God honor him in due time, in due season, right? Right? Determine in your heart to achieve God's aim of love by following his commands to submit to authority and find ways to show your appreciation and honor to the authority figures in your life. Come on, we're gonna pray for favor. We're gonna pray for those in authority. We're gonna pray for our nation, one nation under God. Come on, that's what we're gonna do. We're called to pray, not yell, not argue. We pray, that's what we do, right? Find unity. What do you believe in for? What are you gonna believe for today, right? The way we get to only believe is to deal with our unbelief, to deal with our unbelief, right? Fixing unbelief through growing in a personal knowledge with God. Number two, fixing disbelief by breaking free from religious rules and regulations, robbing us from our freedom in Christ. Number three, fixing our natural unbelief through prayer and fasting. Number four, fixing our bitter unbelief towards God by trusting God with all of our heart and minding our own business. Number five, fixing our familiar unbelief through honoring those who God has called to lead, guide, teach, correct, and empower us with the truth. It's all about the heart. It's all about the matters of the heart. Let's be so sensitive to God that our heart is hard to the things of the world and the way it does things, right? And at all costs, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. How many ready to get your life right on course with God? He's got great plans and a destiny for all of us, right? It's about the matters of the heart. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys receive something. Amen. I'm expecting a huge harvest, multiplication of the seed sown in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you guys.